Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Today's episode we're going to be continuing the Daniel Craig James Bond films. We're going to be talking about Skyfall. Now Skyfall, I love Skyfall, okay, I'm just going to get right into it. I think this is a fantastic film, I think this is easily one of the best Bond films and probably one of the best action films just ever made. I think it's brilliant. From the directing, the cinematography, Jesus Christ, Roger Deakins should have won an Oscar for it. He does such an amazing job with the cinematography in this film. Every single shot is just a beautiful canvas of artistic movement. It's just phenomenal. Okay, it's so good to look at. There's so many well-framed scenes and there's so many well-shot action sequences too. The bit in Shanghai, where are they? Are they in Shanghai? Yeah, yeah, it's in Shanghai. So that scene when Bond is fighting Patrice in the high-rise in Shanghai, it's amazing. It looks gorgeous. It is shot so well. The colours used because of all the neon signs floating about and how it's hard to see some of the shots even because it's all distinguished and it's all shadowed. It's amazing and the reflective mirrors, you don't know where he actually is. It's so good. It is literally amazing. It's a scene that so many other action films try and replicate and they try and capture that same magic and a lot of the time it never does, a lot of the time it fails, but I think recently Shang-Chi probably did it best with the whole scene in Macau. But this scene in particular in Shanghai is just so well done. It's amazing and it really sets the bar high for action scenes, not only in the franchise, but just in any action film in general. Like moving forwards, it's extremely hard and extremely likely to compare to this scene, to compare to a lot of the other action scenes in this film as well. So the ending in particular too, that's just so good, that shootout at Skyfall, it's fantastic, it's so well done, it's extremely well paced, and that's the thing, this film is 2 hours 23 minutes, give or take, it's very well paced, it does not feel that long at all, you feel like you are watching something big and something epic, something kind of long, but it's also so well paced that it just flies by, and that's exactly what... A James Bond film should be. We should be watching something that is massive. We should be watching something that we can noticeably tell a significant amount of time is passing whilst we're watching it. We shouldn't just be in and out in a flash because that's that's not good. That's the type of film that you know stupid comedies try and be. You know you just don't care. You just kill a couple of hours, ninety minutes even. But with this sort of film, because they don't come out that regularly, like I know. They used to come out every couple of years and whatnot, and Casino Royale and Quantum only had a two-year gap. But now, you know, it's moving to at least a three, maybe four-year, like six years in No Time to Die's case from when Spectre came out in 2015. But there is that waiting period for the next film to come out, and now I think a film like this should feel worth it. A film like this should be worth the wait and, you know, feel like they've actually accomplished something in that time, not just churned it out for the sake of churning out another film. And it doesn't feel like it with this film at all. It really feels like they've created something special, something meaningful, something that they worked very hard on. And, you know, just hats off to absolutely everybody from director Sam Mendes, who does an amazing job. He's a great director anyway, but this is this is one of his best, aside from 1917, because that's just ridiculous. This one's probably his best prior to that. But the directing, the cinematography, the writing is great. The performances are amazing. And we're getting so many different characters being introduced. We've got Mallory, you know, Ralph Fiennes. We've got Moneypenny, Naomi Harris, and Ben Whishaw as Q. And I think all these characters, not to mention the villain. I mean, Jesus Christ, Javier Bardem is such an amazing villain. 
if I feel bad for him, okay, I feel bad for him and I feel bad for Christoph Waltz as well because these are two very, very good actors, but it seems like once they've starred in a Bond film or as they're coming to star in a Bond film, they just haven't had a good run. So you've had Javier Bardem, I mean, aside from No Country for Old Men and Skyfall, the other films he's been in, they aren't always that great. And even though he tries his best in them, and I don't mind him in a lot of them, it's very noticeable that it's never as good as how good he is in those other two films. The same with Christoph Waltz. He's amazing in Inglorious and Django. But everything else, he's just... It seems like it kind of dips off a bit. I like him in Horrible Bosses too, but that's not exactly going to win him an Oscar, is it? And he's not... Well, I'll get onto it, Inspector, but he's not great in it. It's just a poor script that does not help at all, but... Yeah, either way, I do feel like these villains, they're amazing in these films, but when you look at their work outside of it, it's really questionable, I don't know why, because I feel like it should just propel them onto even better things, but either way, Silver, Javier Bardem in this film, he's ridiculously good, he doesn't show up until what, an hour into it or so, but when he does, he just controls every single scene so well, the performance is amazing, the script for him is amazing, it's just so cheeky, it's quite innuendo heavy at times, and it's perfect, it's absolutely perfect for a villain. He's just oozing charisma, and in this franchise, it's very different, because Le Chiffre was a very quiet villain, he was a very serious and dark villain at times, but he was also very quiet and mainly just the puppet being controlled by Spectre at the time, only we didn't know. But I think with Silver, he's really... He's a madman, you know, he's a madman, he's a lunatic, but he's just so charismatic as well. It's impossible to not be in awe when he's on screen. It's just fantastic. He's so good, and the situation that he gets into with Bond, you do feel like there's a sense of real danger. And the scene in particular I want to talk about is when he's going to Westminster to attack M, and it's just amazing. It is so well crafted. The pacing, the music... Everything in that scene is honestly borderline perfect. It stems from literally about a 10 minute chase sequence on the London Underground trying to get to Silver after he escapes. So the thing I love about these Bond films, and Quantum of Solace, I didn't mention this in the review, but to its credit, the action sequences are really long, which I like. So it's not a case of little action sequences cropping up every once in a while. It's actually really heavy content when the action comes. It's a solid good runtime for each action sequence and the same with this film you know sequences last a very long time they just keep going and going it's so well executed that you don't feel like it's dragging on too long because a lot of other action films can have these scenes when it just goes on forever and it's too long but this film doesn't do that this film manages to craft it so well to maintain your attention the whole time even if it is quite a long scene so when he's chasing silver through the underground and through london it's brilliantly done and the music when Silver's approaching Westminster, he's about to attack M. she's reading this poem, it's one of the best scenes in the whole franchise, one of the best scenes, probably, I don't want to say of any movie ever, but it, it is, okay, it is so good, it's mesmerising, and it's the kind of scene where after the film finishes, you're like, I really loved that scene, I really liked that, it was memorable, and that's the kind of thing it's going for, you know, it wants to garner your attention and make you think about it for a long while after, so even though this guy is a real threat, even though this guy is an absolute madman, it just it works so well, and the way he's written into it, 
trying to get this revenge on M. It's brilliant. He's pulling all these strings. He knows exactly what he wants to do. He wants to be caught. He wants them to hack into his computer. It's genius. The bad guy is very, very smart. And usually in these films, they're just a rich bad guy that has some world's ending agenda. But this guy, he's smart. This guy is articulated. And he plans everything. It's brilliant. He's a real one-of-a-kind villain. And the franchise is yet to see somebody that outdoes him, to be honest. I mean, I know... I don't mind Safin in No Time to Die, but... I've got to be aware I haven't uploaded that review, hypothetically speaking. So, yeah, I don't mind him, but Javier Bardem is top of the list when it comes to villains. It's fantastic. Everything else in the film, the cars are amazing. We get the DB5 return. Then it gets blown up, which is heartbreaking. But that scene at Skyfall is just fantastic. It's a major shootout. There's action, there's explosions, there's tension and drama. It's just so well done. And the whole planning of it, the whole preparation, whilst Silver and his bad guys are coming to get them, so they're laying traps out, they're unscrewing light bulbs and putting nails in it and putting shotgun shells underneath the floorboards. It's genius. It's such a well-crafted build-up scene, like an extreme home alone, and then it's executed to perfection because everything just goes off and it's extremely exciting. It's extremely fun. I mean, even the opening, I haven't even talked about the theme, Jesus Christ, but the opening as well, the opening car chase and the opening, well, fight, I guess. It's so good when he's driving the crane and he latches onto a train and jumps across it and lands on the train. It's just like, what? Like, this is the kind of bond we want to see. And to have it go straight into this, especially after Quantum of Solace, it's exactly what we needed. And it just doesn't let up. It doesn't let off the gas for the rest of the film. It's just pedal to the metal, insane action, followed by amazingly performed and scripted scenes. You feel for every character. You will laugh, you could cry, you will feel excitement, you will feel tension. It's a really, really beautiful film. And the theme as well is very beautiful. It's such a good song that Adele does. And I think it really caught everybody off guard. You know, I, I know Adele is praised, you know, pretty much worldwide, but I still think nobody expected it to be that good. But maybe that was because Quantum wasn't great, but either way, it's a very, very good song. It's one of the best. I do get flashbacks to music GCSE, performing that on the keyboard, but still, it's a great song. I love it, and it really sets up the rest of the film so well with the whole... Well, I'm going to say it, but yeah, Bond gets shot right at the start, and he goes excommunicado for a bit, and he sort of semi-retires. He retires in every single film, I swear to God, every single one. He just leaves, he walks away from it. So, yeah, that happens right at the start. So it's not major spoilers, but... Yeah, we do see... This is the thing. We do see a more mature and older Bond in this film. And we do see him kind of struggle a lot. Like, he's really not not the Bond that he was in Casino Royale especially. Even Quantum, he's really not that same Bond. But only four years has passed, so it seems like he's aged considerably badly in that space of time. But I do think... It's funny that we see this Bond struggling and ageing, but then nine years later he's had his final film, No Time to Die. So I do think you've had this ageing Bond for nine years now. Like, really? But that being said, it's okay because it works, and the character he is in this film, it's a completely different Bond, and I like that. It's a realistic and you know truthful depiction, because we all get old and we all feel those aches and pains, and... He's not as quick as he used to be, he's not as sharp, and it makes sense after being shot and falling off a train, to be honest. So, yeah, fair play, I like the I like the route they go down, I do like that, and 
it sets up the rest of his character arc very well, you know, with the characters he's interacting with, the relationship he has with Moneypenny and Q. I really like how that expands over the next few movies. I don't massively love how they've both been benched a little bit Inspector, but it's it's good. It's still good. I like the banter that they have in this film, and I like the, the relationship. It's all good. So, yeah, this film, I think I'm done. This film is great. Skyfall is one of the best. It's a very, very, very fun film. It's a very rewatchable film. You will never get bored rewatching it. It is quite a funny film at times too, but it's just a beautiful film to look at. The cinematography is oozing with just beauty, okay? Roger Deakins should have won an Oscar for this. He didn't, but he should have. Did he get nominated? I think he got nominated. He must have. He must have. But either way, Skyfall, it's amazing. One of my favourites. And next time, or tomorrow, I'll do Spectre. So until then, I've been Kieran, and I shall speak to you in the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth.